Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. afternoon whenever you happen to be listening everyone and welcome to the kickoff a presentation of the w2m network okay so you know what's going on guys i have to tell you this story because it's, it's kind of funny so i took the last i took the last two weeks off of the reaction because stuff has come up with tony having to work with everything going on in california and the pandemic and having to resituate everybody with regards to their unemployment we finally returned to the reaction last night and I say, I do my normal start that I would do for the reaction. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the reaction, a presentation of the W2. Oh, shit. <laughs> Greg's not going to appreciate this one. <laughs> I, I told Tony, I'm so used to doing that on Wednesdays now for the kickoff that I just said W2M Network out of habit, obviously. The reaction is a presentation of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find online at chairshot.com. But we are a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. I am your host for the kickoff. I am the voice of the reason. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, we have the anchor man, Eric Watkins. We'll at least take comfort in knowing that the late, great Jim Valvano did the exact same thing. Well, not the exact and same thing, but close enough. And the unprofessional Jason Teasley. Jason, I say in honor of Pat Patterson, we make them go bananas at night. Ah, uh, you stole my thunder. I, I, I was going to be my opening, but you beat me to it. So uh, yeah, you got. I, I'm 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 here, I'm here and um, stuff. Um. Those of you who have been listening to the show for a while know that two of us, and the third when Randy was with us, are huge wrestling fans. Wrestling lost one of its earliest superstars today, the first Intercontinental Champion, Pat Patterson, who passed away at the age of 79. I said 79, Eric! So, tonight's episode of... The kickoff is dedicated to the memory of Pat Patterson. Even though, uh, you know, just so everybody knows that, you know, he went out doing what he did did best and working at the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop where he did rear-end work. I've heard about him in rear-end. Pat Patterson was gay, ladies and gentlemen. It's common knowledge. All right, let's... Let's move forward. We start the show how we usually do. Eric, are you ready over there? I think we lost Eric. Smile. Yep, he's not there. He's back. You know, you can let us know when you're leaving. Yes, well, if you have an emergency to where you don't even have time to say, hey, I'll be right back and miss a very good giggity joke, well... Yeah, things happen. <laughs> All right. Are you ready over there? Yes, I am. <laughs> and thank you for doing the appropriate stall, by the way. It's time for studs. <laughs> and duds. <laughs>
Jason, why don't you kick us off? Uh, my stud is myself because I'm just that fucking awesome. Uh, no, actually, my stud is uh, Devon Smith, who had had a had a wonderful day. Let me pull up his stat line here. Devonte Smith, I'm sorry. Are you referring to the wide receiver for Alabama? Yes, I think he plays for Alabama. 177 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, the the kid had a had a decent stat line. I mean, he kind of was it was kind of impressive what he done. But uh, I mean, oh, honestly, yeah, the kid balled out. Um, seven receptions for 171, two touchdowns, with the longest being a 66 yard reception. I, I think that that uh, kind of puts a statement. Uh, for for him to maybe play at the next level, uh, he is a senior for Alabama. Uh, Alabama doesn't get to play those cupcake schools like the high school teams they usually play. And this came against the the uh, interstate uh, iron played the Iron Bowl uh, against Auburn, so it was on a national uh, spotlight, and he and the kid balled out. So I got to give him. Uh, and I usually don't go college with my studs, but this was an exception. I almost feel like tonight's episode of the kickoff studs is an intentional view to a certain person who might listen to the show. <laughs> Eric, who's your stud for the week? Uh, thank you for that setup because my stud really balled out while everybody was at home eating turkey. Uh, Antonio Gibson for the Redacteds. Yeah, 20 carries, 115 yards, three touchdowns. Also threw in five catches for 21 yards on seven targets. Washington did their thing to temporarily take first place in the NFC least. Kudos to the young dude. And didn't notice until just now, we actually share a birthday. I'll be damned. Uh, they, They held that first place position. Not very long. That's why I said somebody, temporarily. Somebody called it. Somebody Technically called speaking, they're still tied for first. No, because the Giants hold the tiebreaker with two wins over over Washington. Two I don't wins. want to live in a world where the Giants win the NFC East. Well, I but mean, you're about to. T- take, just take note in the fact that they could easily do it while going 6-10 and ten, if that makes you feel better. Uh, no, they're, that makes they're, not, they're not. They're not going to go six and ten. All right, seven and nine. Fine, I'll give you one. That's more realistic. Uh, so I don't know. I think six and ten more likely, given the fact that you guys don't have Daniel Jones for the next couple of weeks. Hey, we have our faith in Colt McCoy. So did Washington, and how did that turn out? And this is a setup for later. Dramatic reverb question mark? 
All right, I have to find what I posted in the group chat because the numbers here are absolutely fucking ridiculous. And of course, this serves me right. I should have known, Maction. I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> it's time for some time for some action. Um. So Eric took Kent State as his uh college. Are you serious? Pick last week. Woo. Buffalo proceeded to hang 70 on Kent State. Jarrett Patterson, my stud for the week, by himself proceeded to hang 48 on Kent State, scoring eight touchdowns, becoming only the third player since 1990 at the running back position to do that. He joins Kellen Fallage, now with the Dolphins, who was then with Arizona State in 2016 and Howard Griffith of the Illinois Fighting Illini as they took on the Southern Illinois Salukis on November 20 or excuse me September 22nd 1990 Eric okay 35 carries I think was the number ah uh, I would have to look that up again but that sounds about right it was either 35 or 36 carries for 408 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, needless My to say, I was not happy when I saw the highlights. And it was 36. 36 carries. 408 yards. Uh, I'm listing here 409, so they gave him an extra one. But it was 408 when I originally saw it, so they must have upped it by an extra yard. But regardless of the fact, it, let's be honest, the dude, that's that's like super balling out. I mean, the only other time I saw anybody run for 400 yards was in a California high school game about 10 years ago-ish. <laughs> well, technically Melvin Gordon did it in the Big Ten about six years ago for uh, Wisconsin. For Wisconsin against Nebraska. Yeah, but I didn't see that game because fuck Wisconsin. <laughs> That's fair. Ain't nobody got time for whiskey. Exactly, and honestly, fuck Nebraska too, but that's for later. <laughs> so that's my official pick for stud this week. With all due apologies to Mr. Watkins, it's Jarrett Patterson running back Buffalo Bulls. I said Bulls! <laughs> so... All right, let's, Eric, let's, let's address the, the, the elephant in the room and say, fuck you, Robert Taylor. No, in all sincerity, I, I, we have to mention Tyreek Hill as an honorable stud here. I mean, don't we? What was it, 13 catches for 279 yards and three touchdowns? The man, and most of that was in the first quarter. The man had 203 yards in the first quarter. I was saying, well, Flipper Anderson's within reach. Which is the NFL's all-time leading single-game yardage leader, in case you're wondering and did not know. Hashtag squid bit for Eric. Yep, 336 yards, some of those coming in overtime, in a win over the Saints on Sunday night football for the Rams. See, now I'm curious as to what the regular, what the, uh, regular time record is if that game went to overtime. Oh, Probably about 290-ish, because as is, this one took him in the top 20, maybe top 10 all-time. 
Regardless, with all due respect to Mr. Hill, I had to pick a guy who scored eight times. I had to. That's incredible. Um, I would say that uh, Megatron 329 is the most in uh, regulation. Yeah, that has to be because that's second all time for a single game. Yeah, so I would, I would go up there. So I mean, Tyreek is number fourteen with his performance of two sixty nine. It was two sixty nine. I thought it was two seventy nine, but okay. Nope. Either way, was it twelve or thirteen catches? Uh, I don't know. I just let me pull it up here. Uh, why he, why he looks that up since Eric hadn't had a chance to post one in the chat. We'll let him go first here. Eric, who's your dud for the week? Um, remember during the college football playoff and we were making our predictions. Harry, do you happen to remember one of the teams you predicted? Um, are you referring to our new picks or our original picks? The new ones. Uh, jeez, I know where this is going. Yeah, the Quack Pack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the game that was formerly known as the Civil War? Oregon had it in their hands, but gave up 22 fourth quarter points to go on and lose, pretty much ending any hope the Pac-12 had of making the playoffs. Oh, Ducks, you almost had it. Almost. But no. That was, although valiant, a very dud-worthy performance. So what you're saying is the Ducks had trouble with a slippery beaver. Very much so. And you got to be sure to get the right amount of friction in there. Otherwise, it's just going to cause all kinds of mess. I was waiting for you to family show me for that. I can't do that when you give me great setups, Harry. Come on now. How long have we done this show? I, that, that'll be our one softball for this episode. Let's move forward. Jason, who's your... First of all, Jason, was it 12 or 13 catches? He, uh, 15 targets, 13 catches, 269, three touchdowns. The longest was 75 yards. So it was 269. That's what I said. You said 279. No, I, you said 279. I said 269. Put him at 14th all time. Okay, well, either way. Impressive, but not good enough. Sorry. I'm sorry. Who's your dud for the week, Jason? My dud, uh, now, if I told you that you had a number one pick at quarterback uh, that threw for 84 yards and a predominantly um, winning team of the, the last few years, uh, highly touted, you know, thinks he wears an S on his chest, would you believe that, you know, he put up uh, basically Ryan Leaf numbers? I was going to say, uh, up until the S on the chest, I'm like, wait a minute, when did Ryan Leaf come out of retirement? Yeah, so uh, Cam Newton threw a, threw a whopping 50% completions for um, 84 yards, two interceptions, three sacks, uh, and Bleacher Report said he was shit with 23.6 uh, QBR. Um, 
yeah, Cam Newton. And and the bad thing about it is, New England won. <laughs> Fuck uh, Arizona. I, I mean, is Arizona the most uh, bipolar team in the NFL? We would call that enigmatic around these parts. Like, no, I mean, speaking, no, speaking to somebody who is bipolar, they're bipolar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how this. This team shows up, shows out one game, and then just totally shits the bed the next. I mean, I I was even willing to put Kyler Murray in MVP talks. Uh, And then I watched this game and uh, definitely uh, withdrew that. So, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton definitely shit the bed in that game. And if you told me that Cam Newton was only going to throw for under – uh, 90 yards for an entire game, I, I'd have to call you insane. And Harry is frozen. See, that was such a bad situation. Even Harry is shocked. But Yeah, he, he Harry checked out because he's in, he's in odd how bad that uh, Cam Newton sucked. Well, I mean, I did mention that he would have the potential to have a good season, but he would need more weapons, and it's games like that that pretty much made me look like another dumbass. Now, I mean, he's got weapons, though. That's the problem. He's got some weapons. I mean, he's... Who? The mighty Rex Burkhead? I'm sorry, no. Well, uh, didn't Burkhead just the L two weeks ago? Yeah, he's on the uh, he's on the IR, isn't he? Pretty sure the starting running back this past Sunday this past Sunday was James White. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Keneal is is there? And come on, Enkeel Harry, I had high hopes for him. I have him on fantasy teams, iffy at best. What do you have against people named Harry? How dare you? Nothing? Okay, fine. I popped on that one. What are you talking about? All right, I'm so still on that. Here's the thing with, with New England. New England as a whole has been bipolar this season. Because they've been in games that they had no realistic right being in, and then they almost lost to the Jets on Monday Night Football. And this is exactly why you don't be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo finds his way back home. Maybe Belichick was onto something with regards to the quarterback situation in New England. Maybe, maybe Newton obviously wasn't the solution that they needed. Maybe they need somebody that came up in the Belichick system that's able to run it, because obviously that guy isn't Cam Newton. I mean, Garoppolo, it still wouldn't surprise me if they pull one move with Tampa Bay and get Josh Rosen. Who knows? Uh, surprise, nope, they're, getting, they're going to get the kid from North Dakota State in the draft. Uh, no, you know what's going to happen? They're going to trade with the Jets and end up getting Trevor Lawrence because we're all fucked. Oh, God. No, that, that would be a 2020 thing. The draft happens in 2021. Things will be back to normal then. Don't Well, it know. is in Cleveland this year, isn't it? Yes. It's the new mistake on the lake. The Jets draft selections. Anyway. Um 
so you mentioned one team that blew its chances at the college football playoff, Eric. How mm-hmm. about I raise you one? Yeah, I looked at this and I was thoroughly disappointed. Pat's fi- Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats. Come on down. You're the next dud here on the kickoff. That was specifically to pop Eric because we were talking about the new prices right channel on Pluto TV. Sometimes you just work the crowd you have in front of you rather than working the audience as a whole. And that's, the and that's exactly why you got a rim what shot. Are talk, what are you talking about? Eric's black. He don't work. Views and opinions of Jason Teasley not necessarily son of a bitch. Anyway. Um, I, I had to pop Eric with that one. So we were talking a couple of weeks ago that the Big Ten title game is more or less set. Wisconsin's more or less knocked themselves out of it, having having missed out on three games now. In addition, they lost head to head to Northwestern. Northwestern was an undefeated, or was it five and zero, six and zero, going to this game on five and zero. That's what mm-hmm. I thought it was. They go to East Lansing, Michigan, and lose to fucking Sparty. Yeah, we were talking about this. The Big Ten, it's pretty much Ohio State or bust when it comes to the playoff now. 29-20 Sparty on Saturday to officially knock any and all hope that the Big Ten West had of making the college football playoff. And honestly, it would have taken Northwestern absolutely decimating the rest of the teams on their schedule before beating Ohio State to get a sniff of the post of the playoff anyway. Just because the uh, just because the Big Ten West is so weak this year. Well, true, but I mean they were sitting at eight with Cincinnati at seven. It wouldn't have been too hard, but then you would have gone into that whole five-six cluster. By which he means Texas A&M and Florida, which we'll talk about a little bit later on when we travel over to the news desk. Um, I think that wraps up studs and duds for the week. It does. And that leaves us to, so, that happened. Jason, are you prepared this week? Um, am I prepared every, any week? Maybe. Okay. So we'll uh, let, we'll no, let I actually got the, I actually got the story pulled up. I had it set, I had it in the background. All right, so, so my, so that happened is actually a historical moment. Um, something that I actually feel good about. Uh, the link to the article that Jason is about to quote will be included on the show on the show preview, available on most of your podcast listening services. Okay, continue. Yeah, so like I said, mine's actually a historical moment that um, actually kind of uh, for 2020 it kind of is a feel good story. Uh, Ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I have to make, I have to slip the quote in that I that gave me a chuckle, but Sarah Fuller, I. Uh, the kicker for Vanderbilt made history by being the first woman to play in a Power 5 football game. There have been female athletes who have played football previously, but this is the per- first Power 5 uh, thing. So I think that, that says a lot, especially the fact that it is, is an SEC um team being able to do this and give her the opportunity. The thing that I have to uh, chuckle at, though, is 
a quote from the ESPN article that I was reading. It says, uh, you know, as they said, uh, honestly, it's just so exciting. Fuller said after the team's 41-0 loss. Um, I, I've got to laugh at ESPN just how they framed that, that quote. But uh, I, I think that this is showing progression. Uh, I think that it shows that, you know, there are female athletes out there that can uh, step up and play, but in the other side of the coin, it's SEC football. Um, she gets out there, gets hurt. It's no longer a feel good story. It's a feel bad story because it's especially for a team like Vanderbilt. Now, if she was kicking for Alabama, I would be all for it. I don't think that she would have any worries because. I'm pretty sure that they genetically enhance their linemen. Uh, but a team like Vanderbilt, you know, one of the bottom tier teams of the SEC and college football as a whole, they don't get the highest recruits, and they're, they're not known for their line protecting their, their quarterback nor their um, special team. So I wish her the best. I have the highest of hopes for her. I just hope that something doesn't horribly go wrong with this situation well we were talking about this off air before we got the show started today and they're playing georgia this week and the only thought that i had was so help me if one of those one of those snaps back on either a kick on a kick on a field goal attempt gets gets bought butchered because that poor girl is going to get obliterated if that happens okay but you're thinking about one very important aspect of that hypothetical scenario do you realistically think vanderbilt who just fired their coach and who's always eight are going to attempt any field goal or extra point that's that's fair. I just thought about that. Yeah, are they going to get into a position to score against Georgia? Probably not. Exactly. Again, forty-one nothing, and wasn't that to Missouri? I believe you're right. I believe it was Missouri. I rest my case. Case in Missouri. Uh, they lost to. Let me take a look. I'm thinking it was Missouri, so let me see here. Scan the article. Uh, yes. Missouri. So, yeah, one of the other lower-tier teams in the SEC this year. Well, I mean, we got to realize this is why Vanderbilt and Northwestern, even though Northwestern tries, neither of them are football schools. This proves it. Um, Eric, would you rather go second or last? Uh, I'll go last. All right. Um, does the name Kendall Hinton mean anything to anybody? Uh, if you're a Wake Forest fan, vaguely familiar to me following the ACC. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, it is a name that will live in infamy after this week. As the entirety of the Denver Broncos quarterback roster, Drew Locke, Blake Bortles, and I saw the other name, and I don't remember it off the top of Rippin. my head. His name is Rippin. Yeah, I don't remember it. It means oh, nothing to me. Oh, so, you, what, so, so you're just going to ignore the 
Super Bowl 26 winning quarterback's nephew who's now starting in the NFL. Oh, okay. All right. How's that for your answer? Fuck him and his uncle. Damn. Asshole. So, anyway, in addition to Jeff Driscoll, all four of their quarterbacks tested positive for COVID or were within close contact of COVID. I believe the actual one that had it was Bortles. Uh, because, of course, it was Bortles. Actually, no. As much as I would Bortles. love to say, fuck you, Blake Bortles, it was Driscoll who tested positive. Oh, I just wanted to blame Blake Bortles just because it would have been a nice opportunity to reference the good place. I mean, again, I would have because it would have been another shining example of why Mark Lamping is my eternal dick, but I can't take it this time. It just wasn't meant to be. Well, anyway, so the entire Denver Bronco quarterback roster ends up on the res- on the COVID reserve list, and practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hilton comes in to play quarterback for Denver against New Orleans on Sunday. It goes about as well as you would expect a practice squad wide receiver coming in on two days' notice to play quarterback on Sunday workout. As Hitton completed one pass for 13 yards to tight end Noah Fant, and the New Orleans Saints defeated the Denver Broncos 31-3. to Fun fact for you, Eric. Are you ready? Yes. I saw this, and it was hilarious. Well, I think I pointed I would, this out. No, I, that wasn't the fun fact that I was going to go with. I was going to go with the fun fact that I came out with. And that Kendall be- Hilton, despite starting the game at wide at quarterback, was not the leading passing wide receiver on the day. That honor would go to Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley, who was one for one for 20 yards and a touchdown pass. And I had him on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> he's in my uh, he's in the money league that I'm that I'm in with you and uh, Bernard. <laughs> I'm going to the playoffs. I clinched the division this week. Congrats. Yeah, I can't Woo. say the same. Yeah, your team's kind of garbage, bro. Yeah, well, this is why mine was cheaper. Oh, uh, uh, that's the, is, is that the league that I randomly got kicked out of after paying yeah, my dues? Talk to Bernard. Uh, he won't return my messages. Eric, talk to Bernard. I'm trying, maybe since he's been in a different mood the past couple of months and is out of the hospital, he might change his mind. Change his mind about what? He's the one that invited me. (laughs) At the very least, he owes him a refund or invitation into the league next year. This is true. I'll talk to him. I was was active. I, I pulled four people into that league. Myself and Jason actually spotted me the sign-up fee. Yeah. Because I've made it clear on this show that I don't do paid fantasy leagues, but Jason spotted me the sign-up. Does that mean if I win this league, I have to share it with you? Yes, it does. Son of a I mean, hey, 75 bucks is 75 bucks. I can't lie. All right. 150 to win, we split it 50-50. All right, anyway, so yeah, my uh, my show that happened is the Kendall Hinton and Denver Bronco quarterback situation. Yeah, going back to Ryan Leaf, he was the last quarterback to put on a performance that old Kendall did on Sunday, September 20th, 1998. 
yes, hashtag SquidBit. The last time a team went through a game with more interceptions than completions. One for nine for 13 yards, as you mentioned. Two picks. And this is why the Broncos were desperate enough to have one of their quality control coaches be promoted to play quarterback. And the NFL said, nice try. That's the other thing that I wanted to point out. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think I sent that article in the kickoff chat that the uh, Broncos tried to promote their strength and conditioning coach to be their starting quarterback. Yeah, their offensive quality control coach because he goes over the video and they're like, he played college quarterback and he should know this offense better than anybody. And the NFL said, yeah, nice try. We have rules against that. Um, I think I know who my DOTW is going to be this week. Well, I mean, it's for good reason, because think about it. Say that you had teams like the Bills, for example. You pay certain people, you know, 40, 50, 60 grand a year, and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, we're short. Here, come into our offense. They light it up. I feel like they would have been better served to have John Elway come out of retirement for a game and play quarterback than tossing that poor kid to the wolves like they did. Could Elway play? Like, would that have been legal? I don't think so. <laughs> I think he has retirement paperwork filed, so I don't believe so. All right, regardless, Eric, what's your show that happened? Well, uh, like Jason, I know he used to, and I still do from time to time, we listen to Pat Mac, the Pat McAfee Show. Hashtag for the brand. Of a very long time... Very long-time friend of Pat McAfee's show, A.Q. Shipley, center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, unfortunately, things did not go too well for him. Left the game with a neck injury, initially thought to be a stinger, but head coach Bruce Arians announced that Shipley has been advised to end his football career because of that particular injury to his neck and previous injuries sustained in that area. So it's kind of sad, especially since the year that the Bucks were having. I wanted to try to find a good adjective, but... Mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the story, but I will send my best to a speedy and quick recovery towards being able to live something resembling a normal life for Mr. Shipley. Absolutely. He's a good dude, and this was just really bad luck, especially at this point in his career. Maybe this means he can just join the show full-time. Who knows? That's so that happened for the week, and thus moves us over to our I'm a Survivor Picks. Me a second to remember what we called the segment because I almost said Mama said knock you out, but I don't think she's actually joining the show tonight. No, unfortunately, she's been not feeling a hundred percent trying to get some x rays scheduled in the near future. I'll leave it at that. Well, um, no, I'll quit, I'll quit leaving out some dick inside her over the holidays. Bob and Tom show. Thanks, Jason. 
What? Dickens Cider? That's a good that's a good company. Alright, well Mama Watkins took the Los Angeles Rams this past week. That did not go well for her. Ooh. San Francisco and Robbie Gould walked off the Rams 23 to 20. Therefore, Mama Watkins has her pick of all 32 teams, Eric. She looking through the schedule. Is she thought about going with the low-hanging fruit, which I did? She instead is taking someone who's semi-close to my heart, even though the running back should be coming home and playing for us. The Tennessee Titans against Cleveland. I also lost my I'm a survivor pick for this week because I took Arizona and they got beat by the Patriots. Couldn't pull out another Hail Murray, unfortunately. Go fuck yourself, Watkins. <laughs> they got beaten by all 84 passing yards of Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. 20, was it 20? Was that one 23 17? 2017, I think. I think I, I just gave you the score a while ago. Let me double check here. I think it was 2017. Yeah, 2017. Lost by a okay. field goal. Either way, they lost to the fucking Patriots is what they did. This week, I'm hoping to bounce back, and I'm going to make everybody wait until Monday to do it as I'm going to pour one out for the homers in a survivor situation. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills over the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners can't possibly beat two Survivor teams in a row, can they? Shot, shot, shot. No, because nobody took them. We won't be talking about them later. Shut up, Watkins. Jason, you've hit two in a row as the Giants moved into first place in the NFC East. Yay! Cannot pick them or the chart or excuse me the, the Steelers. I, I did the same damn thing I did the first time when I told you you cannot pick them or the Steelers this week, and I'm a survivor. So I'm also going homer, but the opposite way. I took the Giants last week, had faith in them to, to defeat the Bungles. So this week I'm going to the opposite end of the spectrum and taking Seattle over New York. Hey Eric. Yes. Are we going to talk about the fact that you tried to screenshot me now or later when we go to I'm, to uh, Are You Serious? Well, for this time, everything was pretty much legit, so... <laughs> There's nothing legit about you, Eric. Okay, I happen to have a legitimate business, even though I would use it for semi-legitimate things when the time is right. Thank you very much. Family show. All right, Mr. Watkins, you are the current I'm a Survivor leader at four in a row. You cannot take the Packers, the Lions, the Browns, or the Dolphins. And it's a good thing that I can take none of those because we're at the point of the season where I can take the low-hanging fruit. The Jaguars are on the verge of doing something that hasn't been done in about 20 years, and I think they're going to continue that, winning on opening day and not winning the rest of the season. And it's a 1 o'clock game, so you know what that means. Give me Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Fuck the, fuck the Vikings, because they fucked me out of a lot of money this weekend. I, 
I got nothing. I mean, I would say I, fuck the Eagles, but I mean, I'm already over that now, and they went and fucked over a lot more people out of a lot more money, so. <laughs> Technically speaking, Philly covered against Seattle on Monday night. That's why everybody was fucked over, especially the yeah. people who had it at six Shut. and a half. I I got the game. I got the game at five and a half. But on the plus side for me, I switched my pick to Washington, and they won straight up against Dallas on Thanksgiving. So yeah, I think I think somebody else had a straight up win this week. A major, a straight up major win. Yeah, but somebody else also picked Dallas in their parlay, and how'd that work out for him? And well, somebody picked Oregon in the college football playoff, and how did that work out for them? So what you're saying is we all we all suck at this most most times. We can never we can never get on the same page since week one when we won all the money. The only difference is I can admit it. <laughs> the only no, difference is is Eric's the only one that's consistent. Exactly. Well, Eric, actually, Eric did manage to be the perfect model of consistency last week in one of the games. We'll talk about that when we get into our series. <sighs> Semi-dramatic reverb. I've got a question. My question is, why don't I have a question? It's been a hectic week. You guys have seen it for yourselves. There is literally a game that happened today that we could discuss. That's how crazy of a week it's been in professional football this year. Only the second Mr. time we've had a Wednesday NFL game since 1948. You're, you're missing your hashtag for all of this, sir. Well, that's because I don't even have the situation where I can properly introduce the hashtag squid bid. I'm full on Bill O'Reilly. We're going live. Fuck it. <laughs> Eric, I'll take you to the news desk instead. Although, before we do that, I do want to talk today's Wednesday afternoon game because it's fresh and relevant and talkable. Um, Jason, buy or sell. The referee screwed Baltimore this, this today's game. Uh, I'm buying that because that that was not a first down to end the game. I'm going to buy it based off of what happened in the first half with Vince Williams and then the lack of delay of game call against Pittsburgh. I'm also going to uh, buy I, I it for that. betting. I, I, was, I was working and trying to watch the game. Uh, I could only do so much. Yeah, I'm going to buy it for that exact same reason because the Bill Jason in. Yes, it was a little bit of stupid clock management on the goal line by Baltimore, but we ain't even talking about that right now. When you have the runner, Gus Edwards, down, and one of the Pittsburgh defenders laying on top of him, play had already been over, refs had whistled to start the play clock, still would not get up, and even the Ravens had to help him up. Meanwhile, clock kept ticking, clock kept ticking. Incomplete, drop pass in the end zone, the half was over. By rule, there should have been a delay on game on Pittsburgh, and the clock should have stopped with eight seconds left to give the Ravens time to for one play and then a shot at a chip shot field goal. Well, the field, yeah, the field goal would have cut it to uh, 12 to 10 at halftime. Yep. 
because uh, 12-7 would have been the halftime score and then a 19-14 final. But, but, yeah, that one between that and with the first down call angles, uh, the refs kind of screwed the pooch today. It's appropriate that it was the JV ref squad because it was the JV Ravens out there. All right, so I'm going to ask a buy or sell real quick. Buy or sell that Pittsburgh goes into the postseason undefeated. Sell. Sell. Who do they lose? I've already made my statement who I think their one blemish will be. Uh, I'd like for that to happen, but at the same time, I feel like my personal life would suffer if it does. Because she still hasn't forgiven me for Buffalo going into Pittsburgh and beating them last year. I mean, <laughs> we can have some off-air conversations about appropriate payback if that is the case. But realistically, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Buffalo. And I really think it's going to be Buffalo. I think it's going to be Buffalo. If it's not Buffalo, I, I think that it's going to be a surprise victory to Cleveland. I was actually I, thinking that at that point, it wouldn't surprise me if both happened. I, uh, the Cleveland thing with um, the first game was in, was in Pittsburgh, was it not? I didn't believe. When Pittsburgh beat Boltwood, Pittsburgh beat Cleveland 38-7. Cleveland also didn't have Nick Chubb for that game because Chubb was still on IR. I think if the Browns can keep the Steelers close, they have a more talented team than Pittsburgh does right now. Specifically offensively. That being said, the problem is, is Cleveland got themselves into such a deep hole so early in that game that they were forced to rely on Mayfield in the passing game and were not able to rely on Kareem Hunt and the running and the running backs. If Cleveland can stick to their game plan against Pittsburgh, the Browns can beat the Steelers. Will they? I don't think so, but they can. This is still Cleveland, but it is Cleveland. So with them, anything can happen. Eric, the news desk is yours. Well, uh, on top of all of the shuffling that affected the remainder of Week 12, i.e. Steelers-Ravens, Week 13, where you're going to have a Tuesday game between the Ravens and the Cowboys, uh, the 49ers are going to be playing their own uh, little tweak of a version of a song, and they'll be singing Sweet Home Arizona as Santa Clara County, where Levi Stadium is, instituted a three-week ban on all contact sports, even professional ones, so no practices, no home games, so they will be playing at the Cardinals Stadium for their next couple of games. Including their first game of which against the Buffalo Bills. Bills going to Glendale. That worked out so well two weeks ago. Well, at least you won't be dealing with Kyler Murray at quarterback. You're dealing with Nick Mullins. What could possibly go wrong? Knock his Nick in the dirt. What can I do? <laughs> and it's actually helpful because after that stint, they will be playing a true road game 
in Arizona against the Cardinals. So the Niners, at least for how crap their season has gone, they'll at least end it with something semi-easy. Five and six for San Francisco. Sorry. Five and six for San Francisco. We're recording at 11.45 at night. I'm tired. Jason's tired. Eric might be tired. I don't know. No, I'm good. Five and six for San Francisco right now, but the NFC wildcard race is still relatively open with the Bears dropping to five and six this past Sunday as well, losing to the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Frauds. The Bears are frauds? Yes. Yeah, we've officially established that that five and zero was completely and entirely fraudulent. And what did I say about Mazda Miata Mitch Trubisky? Didn't Foles get hurt too? Oh, he got hurt last week in the game against the Vikings. That's why Trubisky Which started. Which we don't have a choice but to play Trubisky. Exactly. Mazda Miata Mitch came right into action and promptly broke down as it happens. Uh, I do believe if we decided to call him on the show, he would be Mitchell Falsbisky. Yeah, although I'm trying to take a jab at everybody's like, oh, Maserati Mitch, Maserati Mitch. No, you're getting Mazda Miata Mitch. Mitchell Trubisco. <laughs> Shake what your mama gave you. Uh, is that all we had for the news desk, Eric? Yes, that was actually, like I say, the main story. I know that we were mentioning, talking about the college football playoff, and believe me, I've had some theories on that. I mean, if you guys want to touch on the current college football rankings, we can. I don't. Oh, uh, well, then me and Eric, well, you can take a brief siesta, Jason. Uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State are the top four currently. Eric, by yourself, if that stay the top four, come to final bowl. Sell. I had a specific conversation about this, and Kirk Herbstreit said it and then apologized for it, but there's a nugget of truth. Harbaugh knows. Did you say nugget? Yes, I said nuggets. Said nugget. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. But there's a little bit of truth in that. Harbaugh knows he's pretty much out the door. Michigan's last game is against Ohio State. And if Ohio State doesn't play, they would be ineligible for the Big Ten Championship. And thus... Are you saying that Harbaugh's going to intentionally give Michigan the run? I mean... (laughs) If opting out is uh, that easy, would it be so surprising? Foul. That's foul. Flag on the play, Watkins. Come on. We're better than we're not. I'm not, I'm not saying he would intentionally give them the Rona. I'm just saying if everything so happens to where they can opt out of the game and they have multiple avenues to do so, do not be surprised if one of those avenues gets exercised. I'm going to sell anyway, because I think in the return game between Clemson and Notre Dame, Clemson's going to absolutely decimate the Fighting Irish with Trevor Lawrence back in the saddle. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't I don't think, think Notre so. Dame can do anything. 
here because we'll let me somebody, look. Somebody, somebody picked Notre Dame as a national champion. He did, somebody, and he's wrong. Somebody picked Notre Dame to beat Clemson. Okay, once, and that was with Uyaga Lele at quarterback, and that went Bless to you. double overtime. I'm sorry. And the fact that knowing that Notre Dame, thanks to the ACC scheduling, knowing that both Notre Dame and Clemson only have one game left, this is like the tune-up to the rematch of the heavyweight fight. Because the ACC, thanks to all of the cases going on, that said, yes, we're going to look at the top three contenders, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Miami, and judge them on a nine-game schedule, which means Notre Dame, because of the tiebreakers, already in. All Clemson has to do is beat Virginia Tech, and they're in. For Miami, we have to not only win out, but have Virginia Tech to win. So we're looking at a good 8-1 and one finish in an at-large bowl. You probably get a New York New Year's Six off of that, though. Well, that's what I was meaning by at large is a New York or New Year's Six, which I'll take it. I won't complain about that whatsoever if we indeed finish the job. Jason, is there any is there any hope for West Virginia? I mean, we might as well segue that and pour one out for the homers. I mean, there's hope. I mean, not much, but there's hope. I mean, they're going to get a bowl. Uh, what the the latest thing that I've seen, which I'm really, I would really like, uh, and it's not so much West Virginia. It is actually who they've got Marshall paired up with in a ball game. I would imagine either Cincinnati or BYU. Nope. And who? Coastal Carolina. Now that would be a good matchup. Uh, that that is a very intriguing matchup. On a new, in, a new Year's, in a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I reiterate my funny story about that forthcoming. <laughs> da, da, da. Dramatic reverb. Very dramatic reverb. West Virginia has a big game on uh, on Saturday, Jason. They play Iowa State on ESPN, a national audience, and an opportunity to take out a team that's already guaranteed themselves a spot in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, yeah. And they can they can play spoiler. Uh, actually, the, the latest uh, Yahoo Sports has West Virginia playing in a very intriguing bowl very, with a very intriguing matchup that would cause – a very intriguing trip for me because I'm sure my wife would definitely be up for it if fans are allowed in the stadium. Um, and a friendly rivalry with me and Robert Foster. Uh, they were actually predict projected to play Tennessee in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Mm, I don't know if they would allow fans in the stands for that, though. It's Memphis. There are a bunch of hillbillies up in Tennessee. Oh, you know who you know who they've got projected, and I would love to see this in the Orange Bowl. Who do they have in the Orange Bowl? Let's just say it would make a very interesting show topic that week. 
Gators versus Canes? Yes. Oh, dear Lord. Oh. Uh, uh. You know, that's happened once in the history of the show, Eric. I seem to remember it opening the season a couple of years ago. No, no. I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. Uh-huh. On a Monday night, as a matter of fact. Monday night? <laughs> you're crazy. You must have been remembering from, like, way back in the day or something. That's... I don't know what you're talking about. 2018, I think? Nope. I still got nothing. Mm -mm. Well, while I look up the stats for that game, Eric, let's talk hurricanes, shall we? You guys finally returned to action this past weekend. Yeah, the good news is we're finally going to be back after having our last couple of games canceled because we had our own situation with COVID. And then to kind of rub salt in the wound a bit, our scheduled game against Wake Forest, that got moved, or that got basically canceled because Wake Forest had issues. So we're going to be back. We're playing against Duke. I'm a little bit worried about some of the rust because it has been a couple of weeks, but Duke isn't the scary wannabe power that they tried to be a few years ago, so overall, I'm liking my chances. Again, we haven't been playing the perfect football, but I think we can get out of our own way enough to go ahead, go up to Durham, and claim another victory. Unfortunately, you won't be able to watch it happen as the game is on ACC Network. Naturally, because... Fuck Xfinity. Those rat bastards. Alright, Eric. Skirt flip. Okay, so I had been meaning to taunt you about this this entire week, and I still might. I, I would say congratulations are in order, but really? Hey, we just sealed the fact that Harbaugh's gonna get fired. That's all. Yeah, but you're one in five. Look, I'm not saying that this is a good Penn State team, but I'm going to remind you of the fact that we lost our three best players before the season started, with two of them opting out, and then Jordy Brown having a heart condition discovered. Which is a real shame for him, and I understand that, but uh, again, it was still an overall not entirely impressive performance, but the good news is you're going up against Rutgers this week. A Rutgers team that put a real scare into the fighting Harbaugh's two weeks ago. Could you have imagined if Michigan would have lost to Rutgers? They would have fired Harbaugh on the spot. Well, I would have loved to see it anyway because two of their quarterbacks, one wears zero and the other one wears 21. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to be rooting for Rutgers on general principle. I hope the Blue Devils beat you on Saturday, Eric. I'm just saying, you know, like having zero, going back to pass, going up a little bit, 21, a bit of a dual threat. I mean, I'm just, you know, things can happen. As previously mentioned, things are not happy in the Valley, but it's kind of one of those situations where you just kind of have to eat shit and bear it. Franklin's done a fantastic job with the program. I don't think this is entirely on Franklin. It's a situation that nobody foresaw coming. And then with all of the off 
shootouts and everything. Obviously, it's a Penn State team that's not as good as it could have been. So I think it's just one of those situations in Happy Happy Valley where you just have to grin and bear and hope for the best next year. Yeah. However, my other... Everybody that's wanting to fire James Franklin, calm down a notch, okay? Shut up. Yeah, just, no. Yeah, anybody calling for James Franklin's job, from me to you, and as respectfully as possible, shut the fuck up. However, there is a happier version of college football for me. Yeah, you got the team. They're sixth in the college football playoff, although Texas A&M is fifth. And yeah, you're notching up another one potentially against Tennessee. The thing about Texas A&M being ahead of us in the polls is I understand why this is the case, because they beat us head-to-head earlier in the season in College Station. I can't argue with that. That being said, it will be Florida that's going to get a crack at Alabama in the SEC title game. And if Florida beats Alabama in that SEC title game, there is no doubt in my mind that the Gators jump Texas A&M, who lost to that same Crimson Tide team earlier this season. I entirely agree, and that's further going to set up with the college football playoff. I seriously think it's going to be two and two. Two from the ACC this year and two from the SEC. I don't see another Uh, Power 5 conference getting a shot at it. uh, It depends on if Ohio State can run the table, including a Big Ten title game. This is why I say Michigan could really come into play and Harbaugh could pull a couple very major fuck-you-as-you-go cards. I don't put that out of the question. I don't either, although I do expect Harbaugh to be coaching in the NFL come next season. Exactly. Maybe not as a head coach in the NFL, but definitely back as at least a coordinator. I don't know. I mean, there are a few places where he could be a head coach. I mean, hell, it would be very intriguing to see him come down here and get a crack at it. At least if he pisses off the front office, we would all be on his side. So realistically speaking, the Gators have all their cards in front of them, whereas Penn State's kind of looking forward to the 2021 season. Exactly. All right, Jason, let's talk the Giants. As your prediction came true, and you are now currently in first place in the NFC East with five weeks to play. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, we lost Daniel Jones. We used, had now rely on Colt McCoy. We're going to um, Seattle. Then I think, I mean, we've got a, a brutal schedule left. Um, I, I, don't, I don't feel good about staying in first, but but I do like the, the fact that we're in first. Uh, and what was great about it, Everybody counted us out because we, we had that over start. So, I mean, we play we play at Seattle, home against the Cardinals, home against the Browns, at the Ravens, home against the Cowboys. Yeah, I see one, one of those. I, I, I see one, one of those games as winnable. Uh, actually, I see two of those games as winnable um, <clears throat> because the Cardinals come east for a one o'clock game, so I think that that's that's a legit uh, possibility. So the I Cardinals had that same the Cardinals had that same problem going to Miami when the Dolphins beat them. I, I see a two. I see a 
I, I, I'm hopeful too and for it. So, I mean, hey, I mean. We, we've talked about it on the show already, Jason. It's entirely possible that 6-10 and 10 wins that division. Well, we would be. We would not be six and ten. If you go two and three, you would be six and ten, sir. Oh yeah, I I added a, a game. I'm about to say, but, did they make week eighteen official and I not know about it? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Washington, Washington, they they've go they go to Pittsburgh, to San, to San Francisco. Uh, depends on which 49er team shows up. Seattle comes east for a one o'clock game. Loss. Carolina goes to Washington. Win for Washington. And then you got Washington versus Philly for the final game of the season. Ooh. That could very that could the NFC. And so. I mean that for both. Because Philadelphia has gotten through the vast majority of their tougher out of conference games. Uh, Philadelphia's schedule. Uh, I don't know. They've got a. Uh, they play at Green Bay. Lost. The Saints, the Saints come to Philly. Jesus, tougher than I thought. Loss. They go to the Cardinals. Winnable. Then the last two games could divide. The, determine the the Dallas, division. Uh, they play or they play Dallas and Washington. Yeah, well, we were talking about this off air, and I stand by it. Uh, Eric said that six and ten is going to win that division. It's probably right. Either six and ten, or if Philadelphia can get their shit together, six nine and one. Either way, just with those schedules, I don't see a team getting to seven wins at this point. I don't. Not a chance. But I will say, and there's precedent for this, if either the Giants or Philly win that division, don't be surprised if they pull a major upset and win a playoff game. And ironically enough, that playoff game would be probably against the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the five seed in the NFC. And the Giants... Oh, that would actually uh, kind of a double situation with there because during their first run under Eli Manning, they had to go to the road on the road against the nine and seven Tampa's at ten and sixteen, and they got their W. The rest was history. The Giants have historically done well against Brady in the postseason. I mean, I'm just saying. Also true as well. So. Get two birds stoned at once in this case. Well, I mean, would they play Tampa? Uh, either Tampa or the Rams, most likely, is the. Uh, yeah, I would. I would because they would because the one because the one seed's the only one that gets to buy it, isn't it? Correct. So yeah, they would well, be in the four well, five matchup. Yeah, so you guys would be. Tampa's not going to win out. Orleans is. So we'd be four. We'd we'd be two six, we'd be three five. I uh, know four five. Four five. Yeah. You guys there's, would be there's four divisions. Right now the five. Right now the four seed or the five seed, excuse me, are the Rams at seven and four. Yeah. So I mean that's a winnable game for us because they would Tampa come Bay. to they would come to the Meadowlands. 
uh, Tampa Bay is 7-5 and five currently, but that's because their bye week is this week. I think the Rams are 7-4. and four. Yeah, they are. 7-4. and four, four. Yeah, so either way, either of those two teams, yes, there would be prime potential for an upset. I think that seventh, I think that seventh spot in the NFC is going to be a clusterfuck. I mean, right now you have. I think it's the Vikings, the Bears, and the 49ers all tied at five and six. Oh dear Christ! Yeah. Currently, two sub 500. Oh nope, I take that back. Arizona six and five. They're the seventh seed right now. Oof! I'm about to say yeah. I'm just looking at it now. In Minnesota, Chicago, <clears throat> San Fran. Or eight, nine, ten. Yeah, right now, right now, the NFC would be New Orleans with the bye, Arizona at Seattle, Tampa Bay at Green Bay, Rams at Giants. Oh, that would be a hell of a weekend for the NFC East. Uh, AFC is Steelers with the one seed, Indy at KC, Miami at Tennessee, Cleveland at Buffalo. Ooh. I mean, right I, on the brown. I mean, I think that would be. I mean, I I, I see that as Eric, uh, as a good. Eric, good yeah, football. the Bills could win a game. The Bills could win a playoff game. I don't know. Cleveland's playing some good football. You shut your whore mouth, Teasley. I mean, it isn't the AFC South, which is a plus, but at the same time, yeah, that's a good, a good uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, Real quick, as of last week's uh, postseason standings, we were scheduled to play Tennessee in the first round. I was not enthused. So that would mean, uh, let's say everybody goes chalk. Uh, Pittsburgh would play Buffalo, Buffalo again. And Kansas City would play Tennessee. A rematch of last year's AFC title game. I still think Buffalo would be another juicy playoff matchup. I still think Baltimore's going to make some noise. Even though they're only 6-5 and right now, I still think Baltimore makes some noise and they might sneak in. Well, right now they would really have to depend on Lamar staying healthy when he comes back because RG3 was hurt today. RG3 played like shit anyway, so it really didn't matter. I mean, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but he was playing like trash before he got hurt. Trace McSorley actually had a pretty decent performance for Baltimore today against Pittsburgh. I mean, the 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 Ravens have a pretty pretty easy schedule. They play the NFC East to to close out the year. And I think they still have Cincinnati left as well. So I mean, they they don't. I mean, Baltimore's schedule. Baltimore's schedule remaining is Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants, Cincinnati. Four I, think they could, I think they could sweep that entire entire set. I I'd say four and one for a nine and seven, and I think that would be good enough for the for one of the wild cards. Four and one would put th- them at ten and six. Who do you think would the, who do you think wins? Uh, who who do, uh, I think Cleveland could beat them. 
You think they're lo- they're, they're going to take a loss to Cleveland? I think Cleveland's the most likely team of those five to beat them, yes. Let's see. What's the Colts schedule? Because the Colts are in seven now. Um, all right, so it's Houston, Houston, Vegas, Houston, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Easily three and two, maybe four and one. And I think L- it'll come to the result of those two Houston games. If they can sweep the Texans, then Indianapolis no, stays. If they don't, it's no, it's going to come to the. It's going to come to the Vegas game because Vegas is they currently they're ahead. Vegas is the next team in line, and they would hold the tiebreaker over Indianapolis. Didn't Vegas and Indy or Vegas and Indy are supposed to play? Yep. Okay. All all these tiebreakers and everything make my head hurt. That's why I wait until ESPN starts posting the playoff scenario article every week. Yeah. It's just easier. Oh, trust me. Go back on YouTube when I did a couple of scenarios for a couple of years, right into week 17. Needless to say, the whiteboard was broken out. All I'm going to say is, if Houston beats Indianapolis twice, Houston may may sneak into that seventh spot. Houston's not gonna Houston's not gonna win their last five games. There's no way. It it could happen. I've seen stranger things happen. It is Music City Miracle. And here I was giving your team credit. I mean Stranger Things Happen, Music City Miracle. That was a forward pass. The Hail Mary. Eric, let's talk Jaguars, shall we? Do we have to? <laughs> well, let's get Jason to shut the fuck up, so yes. Yeah, but we just fired Dave Caldwell, which is great, but it's only step one. Um, yeah, you know what step two is? Firing that asshole Doug Marone. Okay, actually, no. Step two, which should have been step one, is firing Mark Lamping, then firing Doug Marone. I just want Doug Marone fired because fuck him. Well, again, it's been reported that he's safe for the remainder of the season. I really don't think if we pull the Carolina Panthers and start 1-0 only to finish 1-15 that he will be safe. But as I keep mentioning, the fish rots at the head. If Mark Lamping ain't gone, we ain't gonna do shit. Point blank and period. Well, I think your bigger problem is management's more concerned with outside ventures than the Jaguar franchise. And that's why Mark Lamping still has a job, even though he shouldn't. I mean, Tony needs to get in his dad's ear or do the job himself because he's technically co-owner as well. So you guys get you guys get Minnesota this week. I know it's a one o'clock start, but let's be honest. Cousins has not exactly been lighting the world on fire. The problem is... is the, the Vikings still have a pair of excellent wide receivers as Justin Jefferson has come on really strong in his rookie season to line up next to Adam Thielen. Okay, uh, Harry, let's be realistic right now. Kirk Cousins or Mike Glennon? Glennon actually had some good years in Tampa. That was Tampa a ways ago. So my question still stands. Kirk Cousins 
for Mike Lennon 2020, Mike Lennon. Is neither an option? Exactly. So that's why I went ahead with Minnesota. Even though we had a great game last week, we had no business whatsoever being on the verge of beating Cleveland. And I realized this. Well, you talked about that. We talked about that while we were watching Lucas Link. And you mentioned the fact that if they hadn't gone for those two superfluous two-point conversions and just kicked the extra points instead, then you guys couldn't have been 27 up and going to overtime. Exactly, which would have been great. But, and I get Doug Marone because he said, oh, we're going to think outside the box and we're going to do all these things. I think that ship has sailed. So if he's just going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks, fantastic. But I think it's going to lead to another L. My two favorite words on this show, Eric. Script flip. Okay, so your bills. Oh. Almost blew. Yes, we did. So now, uh, looking forward, you're going to be the first team to go right back to Arizona to play San Francisco. Again, how do you feel Real? knowing this time you're going up against Nick Mullins? Real, real question here, and I figure if anybody can answer this, it would be you. Is this the first time that a team has played on the road at the same stadium twice in one season in the regular season? Yes. Technically, Buffalo. Technically, no. Buffalo did it earlier this year. We played in Giant Stadium in back-to-back weeks. Well, yeah, you did, but you were forgetting. Yeah, that's right, because you played two different teams. So yeah, it would be the, the same situation the if we faced in weeks one and two. Mm-hmm. Stadium, two different teams. Exactly, but number one, you didn't have to worry about breaking the MRI machine after those trips to the stadium. And number two, you actually faced a decent quarterback instead of, well, Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. I don't dislike Nick Mullins. I actually think he got kind of a raw deal on San Francisco because he had a pretty good season last year. But at the same time, you knew that was still going to be Jimmy G's team, except now it won't be. Yeah, Garoppolo got hurt again, didn't he? Yep, he's on IR, and honestly, if the rumors that are starting to swirl and some of the theories do come to pass, then his days in San Francisco would indeed be over. That would not surprise me. The other thing about San Francisco is there's nothing else really on their offense that scares me. Kittle's out for the year. Their leading wide receiver right now, I think, is Debo Samuel. Uh, He's got some moves if you get they're getting him the right kind of gadget plays to get him in space, though. Correct me if I'm wrong. Their Their current starting running back is Jarek McKissick. I know that my my buddy Bill Bisker is a diehard San Francisco 49er fan. And he mentioned something to me that I did not know, but it tracks given the fact that San Francisco's had week after week of just devastating. Did you know that the 49ers have a league-leading 27 players on injured reserve? That's pretty much half a team. And looking at the depth chart, holy crap, that checks. It is Jarek McKissick. 
Uh, well, they have still legal Jarek McKinnon. Because I also see here Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. And they're listing Tevin Coleman is out. So it would be Mostert. And then McKinnon would probably be backed up. Is Mostert cleared? Because I know he was on IR at last check. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's listed as active. Okay, so then it's Raheem Mostert, who had a really good Super Bowl and then has done nothing this year except spend time on the injured reserve list. Look, I'm not going to deny that San Francisco is actually a pretty good team when all of their pieces are there, but none of their pieces are there right now. This is a San Francisco team that the Bills should very easily beat. So therefore, clearly, Buffalo is going to move to 8-4 after losing to them on Sunday. On nope. Monday, excuse me. Nobody circles the wagons, and we could get uh, a C.J. Beathard appearance. Who knows? All right, so that wraps up our pour one out for the Homer segment. Unfortunately, it looks like Jason's a little bit busy at the present moment. Eric, we may have to pause for a few seconds here. Uh, yeah, give me a minute. I'd like that for one. No, because it Eric, won't be the last time I go to Vegas with a hooker. It's just the first of many. It's the last time I do it. That's for sure. Wait, are you recording again? Um, yep. Son of a... I love you, Christine. This is why I say you should just get Snapchat. It would solve a lot of these problems for the both of you. But We're no. not on Snapchat, Eric. I've seen the kind of videos you send to people on, on, on messenger services. I'm okay. good. Okay, you wouldn't be getting any of those, especially from me. Well, I would be getting those, just not from other people. Anyways, I know All what right, goes I, on. I'm back, I'm back from my nap, okay? So let, let's, let's go. Before, he fall, before Grandpa Teasley falls asleep again. <laughs> I bought myself with that one. All right, it's time for our final segment for the night. It's time for, are you serious? Season update edition, because it is week 12 that just happened. Oh, boy. Eric? No, Eric, you actually had something really important happen last week. And I have a feeling I know what that was. For the first time this year, we had a push. That's what you get for betting games that are so close to a key number. Tampa Bay pushed against uh, Kansas City, and therefore Eric on the season is now three and twenty-one straight up, which you kind of expected, which is twelve point five percent. You don't have to do the math to beat this, okay? You're nine fourteen and one against the spread, which is not too terrible, actually. Yeah, but for the all of the times that I don't get action to push it up to a favorable result. This time I do get action, and it bites me in the ass. Had it stayed three and a half, I would have covered. Oh, Eric's just bitter about these games, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not hiding it right now. Jason, you are 8 and 16 straight up. 33%. You are 12 and 12 against the spread. Pretty sure everybody can do the math on that winning percentage. Did Jason die on us again? No, it's 
No, I'm, 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 um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's enjoying the company of his videos on his phone. No, 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 no videos on my phone. If you know, you know. And if you don't, and, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Damn it! So I'm 50%. That's not bad. I'm 50% straight up. 12 and 12 straight up. 17 and 7 against the spread. I did the math. It is 70.8%. This is why I asked you about certain things before we came on the air. <laughs> Specifically, your college are you, are you serious pick, which you may as well lead us off with. It's a, it's a nice segue. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of lines. I mean, there was an interesting Big Ten game that I was looking at, and there was another interesting Big Ten game that I was looking at, but I decided... Why not take a venture out to Randy's home turf and go to the Mountain West? So I'm taking Utah State plus 11.5 against Air Force. He is taking the Aggies over the Falcons. Yep. Well, at least to cover. Yeah, to cover. I don't know if they're high-powered enough or if they're going to have enough time to put together a win. Because even though it is triple option and Utah State can strike, I don't entirely like what they've been doing at quarterback, so a cover would be good enough for me. Neither one of these two teams has played in quite a while either, which I think is an important aspect to consider. This is true. Hasn't Air Force had like their last three games canceled? I didn't know if it was the last three, but I know they have had a couple of cancellations. So, it's it's a very interesting pick there. Because, honestly, the Mountain West has been such a clusterfuck of a college football campaign this year. I don't think anybody in the Mountain West has more than four games in at this point. Yeah, well, Utah State does. They've got five. Well, didn't Utah State also play a game out of conference earlier in the year? Nope. All of their games are in conference. They're just one and four in the Mountain oh. West. Air Force had one of their out-of-conference games to continue the Commander-in-Chief trophy. They sit 2-2, two 1-2 and two, one and two in conference. But the good news is, is <laughs> most of those Mountain West schools probably aren't going to get invited to bowl games anyway, unless their name is Boise State. So they can play off the rest of those games in the bowl games if they wanted to, around bowl season. Yeah, they, they easily could. That would be a feasible solution. Jason, you're going to the Big Ten for your prediction and going with one of our rules of a ranked under of a ranked underdog. Although technically, even as a ranked underdog, this game would qualify. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Indiana plus 14 versus Wisconsin. Uh, how they're getting 14 and being the higher ranked team is is very interesting. So I'm going to hop all over that. I think I've done that once this year and went one. Uh, I want to got a straight up win with it. As well as against the spread, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to beat this dead horse like we beat everything, especially our women here on the kickoff. Some of us more so than others. Well, some of us are private areas more so than others, Eric. Well, look, 
it's not like I can go Family around. Show. It's not like I can go around saying twinsies or anything. Uh, I, I I showed you a nice set of twinsies. This is true. Very true. Why don't you send me the boobs? What the hell, man? I didn't say they were boobs. Ultra family. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we've given a lot of credit to Coastal Carolina on the kickoff this year, including two of us, myself and Randy, giving their head coach, Coach of the Year honors at our midseason awards. I think their luck runs out this week because they have a very difficult game against a team that's been very good in and of their own right this year so far. I'm going to take Liberty plus 11 against Coastal Carolina, and I think Liber- I think the Flames beat them straight up. I don't know. Although I will say I'm a little bit pissed at Jason for taking that Indiana game. Although I realize a little bit shaky because their starting quarterback is now out for the season, but we will see. Personally, I think Coastal Carolina gets the job done. And I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with one of their former players. Shout out, Josh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Penix is out for the year? Yep. What happened to him? Uh, I don't think it was a groin injury. I think it was somewhere else. Well, I'll have to look into that and get back to everybody. But let's go ahead and move on. You know, let's go to the NFL side of things, and we'll start with Eric once again. Well, even though Mama Watkins, she and I have been on opposite sides of a game a few times this year, and it's mostly worked out in her favor, but this time I got a little bit more cushion because even though she is taking Tennessee, I think with Cleveland trying finally finally being on the verge of breaking their playoff drought, I think at the very least they control the game with Chubb and Hunt and keep it close. If not an out-and-out win, give me the Browns plus five and a half. I worry about their rushing defense being able to stop Derrick Henry. Because honestly, there hasn't been a defense in the NFL this year that's been able to stop Derrick Henry. Well, I mean, there's a defined stopping Derrick Henry. Is it not getting him a whole lot of yards or not getting your defenders being thrown to the ground and stiff-armed? Okay, to be fair, what Derrick Henry did to Josh Norman... Benny Snell did to Marcus Peters today, and it was freaking hilarious. As Chiseled Adonis would say, sent him straight to the shadow realm. Jason. No. You know you've hit your last two straight up in the NFL? I, I know. Well, I'm well aware of that. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, a step higher, and I want to take um, – and actually, it would be a huge upset if I get this straight up. And I'm actually going to take the Falcons plus three versus the Saints. Did any of us see the beating that Atlantis put on uh, Las Vegas last week coming? Hell no. Fuck the ever-living fuck was that? I'm just going to point something out here that this popped up on my Facebook. Uh, if you guys want to see that, just good for him. It's nice to see that he's still employed. 
I, I just wonder why it passed up on my people you should know. <laughs> like what makes what what makes what makes it Peyton Hillis? I'm gonna send him a friend request. But why why should I know Peyton Hillis? <laughs> Obviously you would know him from his Madden cover and the Madden curse then proceeding to whoop his ass. Hard. Like, I mean, if if we become friends, I will reach out to see if he wants to get star in the kickoff. Yes, please. To wrap up the NFL predictions for Are You Serious, I am going to take the Detroit Lions plus three at Chicago because, frankly, anything that Trubisky touches these days, I don't trust. You don't trust his wife? <laughs> Who's the third-string quarterback in Chicago? Because if Foles was first and then Trubisky is second, who's their third-string quarterback? Tyler Bray, uh, if I remember correctly. Who? Tyler Bray. Uh, Tyler Bray, the former Tennessee Volunteer. I'm Jawana Man. You leave base. You leave. Oh, <laughs> Trying to remember the name of the movie now, Jason. God damn it. This is, why we need to do our, this is why we need to do our sports movie conversation that we talked about last offseason. Ah, fuck. All right, anyway. And it's um, weird because they don't even have him listed on the current depth chart. <laughs> well, the Giants don't have, the Giants don't have a third-string quarterback either. It's a dumpster fire in Chicago these days. Six straight losses. Detroit might as well make it seven. I'll take the Lions, and frankly, straight up would not surprise me in the slightest. Come on, Mazda Miata Mitch. Get that 25 miles to the gallon. Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, at W2M Chairman on Twitter. Pretty much. Uh, I'll be nice on that one because if not, Sean yells at me. Uh, typically, that's the only Twitter that I have and that you can reach out to me on, and we can become friends. We can talk fantasy football. I can tell you how, what bets not to make. I can post my bets, and you just pick against me, and you'll win money. At least one or two of its bets you should pick against him every week. Told you about those two Thursday night games, man. Told you. I don't always have a good season picking games against the spread, but this year it, it would pay to listen to me. Literally, in this case. Yeah, yeah but one game, one one game, well, two games don't pay off that much. Okay, yeah, granted, you're not going to make a ton of money not doing the parlays and stuff, but you are going to increase your credit account if you go with my picks on the Are You Serious stuff. Exactly, just and just remember, if you're going to... Uh... Listen to Harry and make these bets. Hashtag bet on Bovada. Bovada.lv. So I'm going to prove that theory wrong, okay? I'm going to I want to take and put money on Harry's picks this weekend. Just to prove that, you know, that Harry, that I am cursed and I will ruin Harry's uh, picks so I can catch him in the Are You Serious pool. <laughs> okay, now here's my question to that. If you do get paid out here, do I get a cut of this? Yeah, I'll give you a cut. I mean, I'll it's probably going to be like twenty something I'll cut, bucks. I'll cut you. I'll cut you a nice picture out and send it to you that I won money with your picks. 
Eric, where can people find you online while this Joker's making his bets? I mean, they... I'm playing Pokemon now. Since I'm not betting on a whole bunch, you can still find me on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. If there's something good and I happen to be by my phone, you'll probably catch me doing some sort of late night or early afternoon live tweeting. We'll see how it goes. But if you want to talk about uh, tutoring or any other business aspects, you can follow me on Facebook at Find Me at Eric Watkins. You know the deal. Guy, recliner, wine, etc. And then if you want to talk about uh, more of the seedy side, then hit me up on Twitter. Slide in my DMs. Undergo a thorough vetting process and you will get access to my dark Twitter, my Telegram, my Snapchat, and if anything else is going on, I will gladly let you know when and where. As always, this blog brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Website and commercial coming soon. Notary public and marriage officiating services now available. There you go, Harry. Well, I'll fly down to... Well, I'll fly down to Florida and let Eric marry you. I don't think you could convince her to leave Pennsylvania right now, let alone go to Florida. Well, we'll fly Eric up to you. And a little bit more likely, but we'll see what happens. All right. There we um, go. At, you heard at, it here first. At ATB the Eagle everywhere you can imagine. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. Grapple. I was hoping the MySpace reference would pop somebody. It didn't work. Oh, uh, you, can, you can find me on, on ICQ at 264-389-12. I mean, you can even find me on AOL Instant Messenger. I don't know how, but if you do, congratulations. Yeah, I, you can find me on AIM at ICYUNV me. <laughs> Eric, care to guess what my AIM Instant Messenger handle was? Have the eagle? Yep. It's ATB the eagle. It's my initials. That's yeah. Hab. Yeah, Hab you, now. You, don't, Hab. you wouldn't want to know or half be able to pronounce what my aim handle was. It was about 30 letters. It was also probably something sex-related, I'm sure. Actually, no, it wasn't. No, that was before Eric was corrupt. Oh, no, I was corrupt at that point, but I didn't go that far yet. Giggity family show. Moving on. Um, if you guys check out the Grapple app, if you're into wrestling, this Sunday is NXT Takeover War Games. Probably Monday or Tuesday of next week, I'll put up my ratings for the show. You guys can check that out over on the Grapple app, available on Android and iTunes marketplaces. Again, we can't be bought here on the kickoff, but we can damn sure be rented. As I understand, Eric works by the hour. For a very reasonable rate, of course. Hey, I have to work by a minute because it's all about the 40 speed, not the marathon times. It's <laughs> it's a sprint, not a race for for Jason. Exactly. Hey, it, no, it's a race to see who finishes first. Jeez. <laughs> show. Anyway. For... So that's where you can find all of us on social media. <laughs> I'm losing control of this episode at the tail end. You have been listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, 
to that, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Gary, guess what? Spotify's here. And Derek, Par- Derek Carr has mama mentality, so he's going out with a blaze of glory. I think Jason just made my dick of the week for that comment. Congratulations. Talk about crashing and burning. Ah, oh, goddammit. Hey. Seriously, uh, Eric, dick of the week. Uh, I got a couple, actually. John Gruden, for his whole thing with the mask and the whole lap around the stadium. How did that work out for you? Robinson Cano having his big deal and then getting up for steroids. And I can actually add to that both the Saints and the Patriots both getting fined for COVID protocol violations. A combined 850 grand, and for the case of the Saints, a seventh round draft pick now gone. But as always, my eternal dick of the week, Mark Lampton. Jason, who's your DOTW? Robert Taylor, always or forever. Respect. Um,. I'm going to go with Roger Goodell, because everything is fine, despite the fact that we're playing an NFL game on a fucking Wednesday. Well, he said that there was different cases with everything. That's why Denver played and the Ravens didn't. And don't worry about having a pesky bubble or everything. Their mission is to get through 256 games, and they're right on it. Roger, TFY, buddy. Eric, would you like to fill in the letters for everybody? Oh, okay, wait, okay, oh, oh yeah, go fuck yourself. I would have sworn it said, go talk yourself in. Damn Wheel of Fortune. Eric has to buy a vowel. For the Anchorman, Eric Watkins, and the unprofessional Jason Teasley, my name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. We'll see you again back here next Wednesday night for the week 14 episode of the kickoff here, the W2M Network.